thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, a report by investigative journalist Marianne Damasi has drawn into question the independence and trustworthiness of medical regulators all over the world as their funding sources are revealed. The investigation, published by the British Medical Journal, looked at six leading regulators in Australia, Canada, Europe, Japan, the UK and the United States of America and showed the industry provides a significant proportion of the funding for regulators worldwide and raises questions about the role this has played in medical scandals worldwide. Australia had the highest portion of industry funding of any of the worldwide regulators, with a whopping 96% of the TGA funding coming from industry sources. This was closely followed by the EMA in Europe at 89%, up from just 20% in 1995. While the FDA in America have seen their industry funding rise 30-fold between 1993 and 2016, from $29 million up to a massive $884 million. In 2005, even before this most recent explosion, the UK House of Commons Health Committee evaluated the influence of the drug industry on health policy and reported a concern that industry funding could lead the agency to quote-unquote lose sight of the need to protect and promote public health above all else as it seeks to win fee income from companies, end quote. Despite this, the Aussie TGA firmly denies that its almost exclusive reliance on pharmaceutical industry funding is a conflict of interest. Sociologist Donald L. Light of Rowan University in New Jersey says that like the FDA, the TGA was founded to be an independent institute. However, being largely funded by fees from the companies whose products it is charged to evaluate is a fundamental conflict of interest and a prime example of institutional corruption. Canada's valuation team was the only one completely free of financial conflicts of interest. Joel Lexchen, drug policy researcher at York University in Toronto, says that people should know about any financial conflict of interests that those giving advice have so that they can evaluate whether those conflict of interest have influenced the advice they are hearing. People need to be able to trust what they hear from public health officials and a lack of transparency erodes trust. Damasi states that most regulatory agencies do not undertake their own assessment of individual patient data, but rather rely on summaries prepared by the drug sponsor. She also said that all major regulators accept fees from industry to help speed up approval of new treatments, despite these expediated drugs being more likely to be withdrawn for safety reasons, more likely to carry a subsequent black box warning, and more likely to have one or more dosage forms voluntarily discontinued by the manufacturer. The report also cautions against the potential conflicts created by the revolving door that sees former regulator employees going on to paid work for the same companies that they previously regulated. Donald Light is now calling for an independent drug and vaccine safety board to regulate the regulators, stating that countries have independent safety boards for airlines and their passengers, why not for drugs and patients too? As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that, first of all, well done, Marianne Damasi. What a brave individual she is. I mean, she has previously revealed similar reports on things like statins, reports on Wi-Fi, and being absolutely slammed for it. She's lost jobs for it. She's been criticized widely in the community for standing up for what she believes in and telling the truth as she sees it. And I just think it takes an incredibly brave individual to keep standing up to such massive corporations who have such enormous power 
who have such enormous influence, not only in the regulators, as is seen in this instance, but influence in politics, influence in the media, influence in the opinions of society as a whole. You know, it takes a brave individual to stand up and to speak their truth in regards to these sort of industries where where the politics are really, really powerful and the money is really, really powerful and both of them speak very loudly. So well done, Marianne. Um, and I think it's clear from this that there is, at the very least, the potential for bias. It's very hard to argue that if 96% of your funding is coming from industry sources, that you might be influenced by that very industry that is effectively paying for your job, that is effectively paying your wage. And put simply, the potential for bias erodes confidence. You know, the ability of people to put their faith in what is being released by the TGA has been seen to be questioned pretty clearly by a a reasonable proportion of our society in recent times. I mean, one only needs to look at the boosters for the COVID vaccine, which I think are sitting at about 60% in Australia at the moment, despite the TGA recommending them for pretty much everybody, you know, that's 40% of the population who aren't doing it. You know, they are questioning the TGA in effect. They're showing evidence that that bias may well be eroding the confidence. And once again, you know, that's not saying whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'll leave that up for you to decide. But, But I think there's clear evidence there that that confidence is being eroded. Uh, and of course, you know, the real worry is that if the, if there is real bias as opposed to just perceived bias, then that really erodes science. The whole scientific theory is based on the ability to properly disseminate the information that's being researched. You know, we need to be asking the right questions. We need to be doing the right quality of research and the right quantity of research. But importantly, we need to make sure that that research is then being interpreted and passed on in a fair and balanced way. And I think, you know, there's a real questions about that when you see this sort of research. There's certainly, as I said, potential for bias, but there's also quite potentially there could be real bias there um, and that could be having devastating effects. So I think we should all be demanding an independent drug and vaccine safety board, just like Donald Light. I think if that's something that you're passionate about, then you should be contacting your representatives in parliament. You should be talking about it on social media, wherever you can, and suggesting that this would actually be a good thing to do in the name of science, in the name of evidence, in the name of safety for the health of our entire population. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.